The Writer Files, a member of the Podglomerate Network. I want to mention a great resource for writers, and this month's sponsor, Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories. I'll expound later in the show, but the short version is this long-awaited book about the craft of creative writing from New York Times bestselling author Steve Almond sets out to debunk the well-meaning but misguided myths that hold us back from writing our deepest and most honest work. Pick up a copy today of Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, wherever you buy books, more soon. Greetings, scribes. I have got some exciting news to share. The Writer Files now has an exclusive Patreon community where subscribers will get exclusive access to uncut ad-free interviews, a writer's happy hour, bonus breakdowns, and content from productivity and publishing experts each month. In the meantime, just head over to patreon.com slash thewriterfiles. It's free to join Patreon to get a preview and you can upgrade anytime. That's patreon.com slash thewriterfiles. Help us start something special. You know, when we do work that is more isolative, um, writing, <laughs> writing is a really good example of that, where it usually doesn't re- require a team of 20 or 30 people. We're on our own. We're in a room. We're in front of a screen or in front of a pad of paper. And we're just putting the proverbial pen to the page. That's tough enough during the best of times, let alone during a crisis like this. And so that, that's what I'd start by saying is that it's okay if you can't focus right now. Greetings, scribes. You have tuned into The Writer Files, and I am still your humble host, Kelvin Reed, sending you positivity and prolificness throughout these challenging times for us all. This week, the internationally best-selling author of The Productivity Project and Hyperfocus, Chris Bailey, took time to chat with me about tricks for focusing on what matters most and how writers can cultivate more calm and creativity through uncertain times. Fresh out of college, Chris took a full year off to study productivity and posted his experiments to his popular blog, A Life of Productivity, which went on to become the international bestseller, The Productivity Project. His latest book is Hyperfocus, How to Manage Your Attention in a World of Distraction, and is a practical guide to managing your attention, the most powerful resource you have to get stuff done and be more creative. Chris's TED Talk, How to Get Your Brain to Focus, on the subject of the book, has received over 5.4 million views, and David Allen, author of Getting Things Done, said of the book, Hyperfocus is an extraordinary, eye-opening, and research-based report of what affects our attention and how to take advantage of it to achieve greater satisfaction in our lives. Chris also co-hosts the Becoming Better podcast with Arden Nordstrom, a self-described nerdy economist a show that covers topics as diverse as productivity, procrastination, gratitude, and disconnecting. In this file, Chris and I discussed some of the neurobiology and behavioral psych that went into his research and writing, why writers should always carry a notebook, even in the shower, how to stop beating yourself up and be less anxious, why calm is so important to the creative process, and a lot more. And just a quick note on this one, this interview was recorded at the beginning of June 2020. Stay safe and stay sane out there. And if you're a fan of The Writer Files, please click subscribe to automatically see new interviews as soon as they're published and leave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts to help other writers find us. 
All right, welcome back to the Writer Files. I am honored today to be joined by an estimable guest. I've got uh, the internationally best-selling author Chris Bailey hopping on today, and uh, yeah, he's he is raring to go. How are you today, Chris? I'm good. I've got my smoothie here. I just had a <laughs> green tea and some like a weird blend of relaxed but yet energetic. It's good to be here, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've been goofing around a little bit uh, pre-show in the green room, but um, yeah, uh, how are you uh, holding up up there in in the great uh, nation of Canada? What a what a weird time for for all of us, eh? Uh, yeah. oh, I realized I just said A after you, <laughs> you introduced me as a Canadian. So I'm outing myself in case uh, I wasn't outed by you as a Canadian. Uh, it's uh, I, I'm, I'm hanging in there. You know, it's um, you know, I've got some good long term projects to focus on right now. And w- one of the nice parts. So I do uh, I, I write books and I also do some talks around those books. And it's been actually kind of nice to not have to travel around. Um, and, and speak so much. It's nice to have a break from that. Like the reason that I'm home is not good. <laughs> you know, there's yeah. the pandemic and there's a lot of uh, rightful protests right now, especially in the U.S. Not, not so much up here, even though there is uh, an awareness uh, of the importance of Black Lives Matter and, and uh, similar organizations. But, uh, you know, I'm kind of, you know, seeing this as a more fallow time and spending more time in nature, thinking about ideas, planning, brainstorming, focusing on long-term things, uh, and using it as an opportunity for a bit more rest and, dare I say, laziness than usual, which is, um, it, it's it's nice, but it's a silver lining of a bigger and more systemic issue that's affecting a lot of people. So I'm not entirely sure how I should be thinking about the current situation, but mm-hmm. I feel a lot of folks might be in the same boat. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure that listeners and writers for the most part are, you know, trying to make sense of this very tumultuous time. It's like these, all these concentric circles, right? Of crises. And, um, you know, obviously here in the United States, a little bit different situation with, um, the protests. And of course, as you said, they are you know, it's an important time, I think, for our nation, just tr- trying to sort out our identity and obviously um, yeah. this this long-standing racism and inequality that we've, you know, it's heartbreaking and, and obviously activism is, is something at the top of a lot of people's minds. So uh, in the midst of a pandemic, it's kind yeah. of, again, a double indemnity, but there are so many other crises happening that, you know, we tend to... Um, blur a little bit and i think having you on is um probably really timely actually because you know our attention is so saturated right now with kind of the top of mind like okay a how do i survive this pandemic and b what you know what can i do to to help um the world heal from not only you know these these economic and health crises that we're facing, but also now, um, kind of uncovering these, these, uh, deep, deep wounds of, you know, mistreatment of communities of color, especially here, um, in the United States where obviously, 
you know, we're seeing um, just an amazing response. So um, yeah, I, I'm veering way, way out, of course, but yeah, how can we, as you said, how can we bring our attention back um, to finding solutions or, or creativity or, you know, whatever it is that we need to be using to kind of recenter at this time? It's tough, isn't it? And, you know, I, I look to the second book that uh, that we published and I, you know, it was about attention management and it was written during a easier time, you know, for, for most of us uh, the, that uh, had fewer attentional challenges. And, uh, you know, looking back then to, to the conditions under which uh, the, the book was published un- underneath, it was hard enough to focus back then. You know, we still had social media. Um, it was probably a bit less worth paying attention to than it is now, now that we have all these, you know, strong voices that, that we should be tuning in and listening to. And uh, I, I know a lot of people that listen to the show are in a position uh, to amplify those voices and support them and send so a bit of money their way into these organizations. It, it's always been difficult to focus. I, I don't think it's ever been more difficult than it is right now, where, like you say, those concentric circles of crises, you know, in, in Canada, we have a lot of oil fields out west. And so, you know, they're dealing with a recession because of the falling oil prices and the recession because of the pandemic. Uh, you know, we're, we're all kind of in, in similar boats there. And so I, I would start by saying that if you're not productive right now, that's okay. Yeah. You don't have to beat yourself up over that, uh, over that fact. And we, we so often have, you know, when we do work that is more isolative, um, writing, <laughs> writing is a really good example of that where it usually doesn't re- require a team of 20 or 30 people. We're on our own. We're in a room. We're in front of a screen or in front of a pad of paper. And we're just putting the proverbial pen to the page. That's tough enough during the best of times, let alone during a crisis like this. And so that, that's what I'd start by saying is that it's okay if you can't focus right now. It's okay if you are anxious right now and that's getting in the way of your uh, managing your attention. A, a curious thing that I've noticed in myself during this. So uh, I'm a bit on the anxious side as a person. It's something that I've struggled with and something that I struggle with, especially now during uh, an especially anxious time. Uh, sometimes the path to greater productivity, to greater uh, ability to focus, to greater creativity is directly through calm. Uh, the, so the more anxious and busy our mind is, the more thoughts that are flying around inside of it and second guessing themselves and, you know, every social media uh, post that we encounter often sets off this uh, chain reaction of outrage and, and, um, and just noise, noise in our head. Well, a lot of it's rightful, you know, a lot of it's justified, uh, but we need to find ways while we're striving to, to make a better world together, to invest in our own sense of calm uh, not only for our own mental health's sake, but also for our productivity's sake, and also so we can have and develop the capacity to make a greater difference in the lives of the people that we write for 
in the lives of the people that we affect through the writing that we do. Uh, and, and so that is something that I think is so critical to realize. You know, we need the traditional strategies for managing our attention. You know, definitely making our mind a bit less stimulated helps. Uh, noticing how reading things like social media updates uh, makes us feel and whether that's uh, allowing us to act in a better and different way. Uh, the traditional tactics that, that we can dig into work really, really well. But we also need tactics to invest in calm. Uh, and, you know, you can listen to a quote unquote expert like me chat about calm or you can just look in your own past and think, OK, what uh, conditions have created the uh, situations that allowed me to experience this sense of calm, mm -hmm. this sense of of relaxation? OK, was it relaxing on a beach? Maybe that's not available right now because we can't fly anywhere. <laughs> OK, what else? Uh, probably you're in a consistent exercise ritual. Maybe you had a consistent meditation ritual, maybe. Uh, you had uh, some time during which you can think and disconnect and just be with your family or, or friends. Uh, one of my favorite rituals is disconnecting from the internet between 8 p.m. and 8 a.m. every single day. It's sometimes the time in which my most fruitful thoughts come to the surface of my mind. So we need to find calm in order to find productivity right now. And that, that during an anxious time, I think, is step zero to becoming more productive, to becoming more creative, as well as the traditional strategies. Yeah, absolutely. Earlier in the show, I mentioned an invaluable resource for writers. Truth is the arrow, mercy is the bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories based on three decades of writing, failing, and trying again. Author Steve Almond is a beloved professor at Harvard and Wesleyan and the acclaimed New York Times bestseller of 12 books of fiction and nonfiction, and in Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, Steve employs the radical empathy he displayed as a co-host of the Dear Sugars podcast with Cheryl Strayed, where they explored the joys and trials of storytelling to explode myths that hold us back from writing our deepest and truest work. The book includes chapters on plot, character, and chronology, but travels far beyond the earnest intentions of most craft books. It also includes writing prompts to generate new work. Pulitzer Prize-winning author Richard Russo called it one of the best books on writing he's ever read, and also the funniest. Pick up a copy of Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories wherever you buy books and add it to your TBR today. And just a quick aside to revisit the exclusive Writer Files Patreon community where subscribers get access to uncut ad-free interviews, a writer's happy hour, bonus breakdowns, and a lot more. I know that for serious writers, it can be more distracting than ever to cut through the noise, stay productive, and home in on what's happening in the publishing industry. Over eight years, we've provided a looking glass into the habits of professional writers and publishing industry insiders. And as your humble host, I've decided to launch a membership-based Patreon for serious scribes to cut through the noise, swap tips and tricks, and hang out with like-minded peers. Just head over to patreon.com slash the writer files for bonus writing resources, monthly episode breakdowns, writer's happy hour, a community of your peers, ad-free episodes, and more. It's free to join to get a preview and you can upgrade anytime. That's patreon.com slash the writer files. Help us start something cool and special. Keep calm and write on. I love that empathy piece and, you know, being, being kinder to ourselves, obviously is something we can always practice. I think as writers and creatives, so easy you know. to say. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely is. And, you know, I, I you know there's negative self-talk and, and self-criticism that we, that we all face on a regular basis, which is, as you've pointed out, is a completely normal thing. Um, 
but you know, sometimes it's amplified in a time of um, uncertainty and, and definitely um, we're all facing a little bit more anxiety. So yeah, these are great reminders. Yeah. The rituals are really important. I love meditation. And I know you're, you're a, uh, a regular meditator. Yeah. And um, yeah, what I think that- What does your practice look like for meditation? You know, for me, it's often putting on some very soothing, calming, kind of ambient music and just sitting, you know, and, and it's my, my lineage, at least from my family was from a Buddhist kind of perspective. My, my father was a, um, on the board of a Buddhist university in Boulder, Colorado called uh, Naropa. And he, he taught there and my sister went, went to school there. And that's just something that they kind of always instilled in me as a young person was to kind of, to get focused. Um, I think meditation is a really, really important key. And I think you, you practice some, some Buddhism as well, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I do. And, and I have a daily Vipassana meditation practice. So, um, around half an hour every day, I'd, I'd be lying if I said that was consistently a half an hour, (laughs) but every day it's, it's a recurring thing, whether it's two minutes, whether it's an hour, uh, I I make sure that I meditate because, like med- meditation, it seems like a weird thing to talk about on a, on a podcast about writing. But I think there's actually a direct connection uh, to meditation and being able to write more clearly. Uh, because the the more clearly you're able to think, the more clearly you're able to write. You know, that everything, every thought, every fragment uh, within the... Uh, the the fabric that you're weaving, whether it's a story, whether it's a book, it has a place. There's no loose ends. There's, you know, I, I think it's it's a quite beautiful way to to create a new story. But uh, but it's also helpful for an attentional management standpoint. Uh, so our mind wanders for much of the day, as as many mm-hmm. of us have experienced to the past, to the present, to the future. But meditation actually helps us rein that in quite a bit. And the idea is, you know, meditation is, is quite boring in practice. And that's kind of the point, yeah. uh, you know, you're, you're trying to focus on your breath for, you know, two, 10, 20, 30, an hour, whatever, how, however many minutes you want to do. You're trying to focus on your breath for that amount of time. Uh, and you think, okay, what, what the hell is the point of focusing on your breath? Well, because it's like, it's as interesting as watching paint dry. Or as interesting as just like just sitting somewhere, basically. But the idea is that if you can focus on your breath, you can focus on pretty much anything, right? Because no. the breath is boring. It's it's far more boring than the thoughts in your head, even that are bouncing around <laughs> and causing these loops of anxiety. Which is why the mind wanders so much during meditation, because the breath is boring. That's yeah. the point. But if we can become engaged with the breath, right? We go from being able to focus, then we learn to become engaged with the breath and notice its ebbs, its flows, its beauty, its in, its out, uh, its temperature, its texture, where it flows into and out of us. We begin to become engaged with the world around us. Then we go from, okay, so we go from being able to focus on the breath and being engaged with it. Then we see the beauty in the breath. We see the breath as part of the rhythm of life. We see it as what part of what gives us life. And if we can notice the beauty in our breath, we can notice the beauty 
in the world around us, but also just notice more around us in general because meditation awaits us to the present moment so we don't wander off in some daydream or some fantasy. You know, it gives us more time in our life because it gives us more uh, attention in our life. It's really just a practice of presence. Uh, but once you develop the presence, you get the engagement, you get the 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 uh, appreciation of everything that happens around you. And it's, it's one of my favorite practices for that reason. Now, I, I don't write stories. You know, I write, I, I write nonfiction books, uh, but I find it so, so invaluable in terms of being able to come up with ideas. There, there's actually been some fascinating research. So the wandering mind, you know, I've kind of dissed it a little bit. We, we've been kind of against <laughs> the wandering mind so far, but it's often when our best and most brilliant ideas strike us. So we're, you know, if you think back to when your best, most brilliant ideas come to you, you're probably not focused on anything. Maybe you're, I don't know, taking a shower or mm -hmm. there's lots of nature where we live here in Canada. So uh, I like to think and just turn my phone off and walk around in nature for half an hour, an hour a day with a notepad. When our mind is wandering, there, you know, there's that great quote from J.R. Tolkien where he said that not all those who wander are lost. And I would argue that the exact same thing is true with our attention. But meditation, so our, our mind wanders to the past, to the present, to the future. But the research shows that meditation actually trains our brain, <laughs> trains our Brian. That's a <laughs> common typo. <laughs> when you type brain a lot in books, <laughs> uh, the amount of times I've had to <laughs> recorrect Brian to brain, um, it actually trains our brain into wandering to think about the future more often when we meditate more. The more control we have over our attention, the more our mind wanders to think about the future, which means we're able to plan more. We're able to think about our goals more. We're able to, uh, our, our mind actually thinks about the future uh, 14 times as much when it's wandering versus when it's uh, focused on something. And so it's a great way of recalling goals. It's a great way of just automatically, naturally uh, thinking about the future, about future projects, about what we plan on writing. And it's one of my favorite, favorite meditation has, you know, those are just a few benefits. It has hundreds of others, honestly, but uh, we could do a whole podcast about that mm -hmm. <laughs> if we wanted to about many of these topics. Yeah. And we have talked about this quite a bit on this show. Um, we do a series with a neuroscientist called The Writer's Brain. Oh, cool. Where we've dug into productivity, creativity, procrastination, I know, which you, you talk quite a bit about. <laughs> um, and trying to just get into the neuroscience and neurobiology behind these things. And, and I think it overlaps, obviously, quite a bit with the um, research and the, and, the, uh, and the writing that you do on the subject. Obviously, recharging your attention is, is very important. And I think... I often come back to this idea of combinatory play, which I think was an Einstein um, thing, you know, where he, he relied oftentimes, and obviously he wasn't an especially considered an especially creative person from, from like an art, arts standpoint, but he was an incredibly, you know, obviously allotted brain in yeah. his field and, you know, considered one of the greatest minds of all time, we could say. And, you know, I think what he was leaning on and, and often what we come back to is this idea of the default mode network, Yeah. Um, you know, where your brain kind of goes into um, what you're, what you, I think you're talking about, which is that 
uh, recall or that, um, you know, you, you've often mentioned, you know, like kind of like the end of the day when your mind can't turn off. Why is that? Well, it's because your brain's um, doing this really interesting thing. So he was playing an instrument or, you know, he often, you know, a lot of the creatives. violin, yeah. Yeah, a lot of creatives rely on that walking piece or, you know, just walking out in nature to reset, um, which is really cool, I think. But yeah, yeah. Talk, talk some about, I mean, I love this idea of kind of, reclaiming that hidden creativity that um you know i think is that we're all kind of starved for at the moment because you know what else what else can we really focus on but you know like the survival of humankind and you know it doesn't help that we, that we have these overlapping crises um but yeah like yeah how do we how do we reclaim what is most important for us um and obviously you've, you've covered this um, quite a bit already, but coming back to, yeah, I mean, I, I love the idea of disconnecting, unplugging. Your tech Sabbath is definitely something <laughs> I think uh, many writers could take a page from. Um, yeah. And, you know, I'll point to all the resources here. I'll point to your fantastic website, um, alifeofproductivity.com, which is a great start um, to kind of digging into all these experiments that you've done and, and, you know, I mean, maybe, maybe coming to all these realizations that you had, um, take us back a little bit to kind of, um, yeah, the, the origins and then, yeah, like where you're going to take this next, because I'm super curious. Yeah. It's, uh, like you said, it's a challenge to focus now more so than usually, isn't it? Uh, so we, we have, uh, you know, speaking of the neuroscience of things, it might be worth geeking out over that a little bit where we have, uh, we, we have something called the novelty bias, which is embedded uh, within the logical center of our, our brain, the prefrontal cortex. And what that bias does is for every new and novel thing we direct our attention at, our mind essentially rewards us with a hit of dopamine, that, that chemical of anticipation of pleasure. Uh, and so we, we bounce over to Instagram, we get a hit of dopamine. We bounce to Twitter, we get another. We bounce to the news, we get another hit. We bounce to probably Facebook, we get, we get bounce to Instagram again, we get another hit. And so we bounce around in kind of this dopamine-fueled uh, feedback loop. Uh, but, but something that's so critical when it comes to focus right now is that, you know, the, the, this, the overstimulated mind is one of the, the biggest enemies of focus today. I, I like to think of it, uh, you know, a solution to this as kind of cars on a highway. So if you look at uh, how traffic flows when people aren't all working from home <laughs> during more normal <laughs> times, um, you'll notice that that if you look long enough at a highway and the, the physics of traffic uh, actually backs this up too, that what allows traffic to move forward isn't how fast cars are moving. Uh, it's how much space exists between the cars that allows traffic to move forward. And uh, I would argue that our work is the exact same way. You know, I can't think of many types of work that require more reflective thought than writing does. And so the default mode network, the the mind wandering network, the daydreaming network, they're all labeling the same thing. Uh, you know, this this method of mind wandering, however you possibly can, 
uh, you need to get more minutes of mind wandering into your day. So one of my, I, I love taking a bath in the, uh, in the evening. I like uh, going to the coffee shop without my phone and just getting a coffee. Now they have like a little takeout window. So thank God I can mm-hmm. still do that, that daily walk. <laughs> But there's also a, a bit of granularity that that you can discover in this default mode network. And so this was one of the fun parts about uh, writing my second book, which is about attention management and looking over the the research that's been conducted by folks like uh, you know Paul Selly, Jonathan Smallwood, Jonathan Schooler. These people dig into the the neurochemistry of of the default mode network, which is just the mind wandering network. It's the, it's our default mode when we're not focused on anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you drill into that, there's actually a few different types of thought that we can have when our mind is wandering. And depending on the activities that you engage in when your mind is wandering, uh, you can produce benefits that are likely to be more fruitful for your work. So whether you're facing just an overwhelmed mind, whether you're facing uh, you know, a big problem, whether you're facing just or whether you just want more ideas. Uh, so there's kind of a capture mode that we can enter into uh, where we just kind of lay somewhere and do nothing, do absolutely nothing so that your mind wanders to the open loops in your head because there's an effect uh, called the Zagartnik effect, not to go off into it, another rabbit hole, uh, <laughs> but that essentially puts uh, any problem that's or, or any anything, any open loop in our head that's unresolved at the front of our mind so that when our mind wanders, we wander to think about that unresolved thing uh, so that we're more likely to uh, to capture it, to deal with it. Uh, it's a survival mechanism embedded within our brain. So there's kind of a capture mode where we can capture what's on our mind, just a notepad and do nothing and set a timer. Uh, there's also kind of a problem crunching mode that we can use our our mind's default mode networks for, uh, where we go for for a mind wandering session and we make sure it's kind of like a meditation in a way where in meditation, whenever your mind wanders, you just bring it back to the breath. Uh, in the problem crunching mode, for it's good for chewing over a specific problem. Whenever your mind wanders away from that problem and you notice that it has, uh, you bring it back to it. But in terms of creativity, the most uh, fruitful mode that that uh, we can enter into, I, I call the I call this mode scatter focus because we just scatter okay. our attention. Uh, is whenever we do something that is simple and habitual uh, that doesn't require our full attention, but something simple and habitual kind of anchors us in the present moment. And this is one of the reasons why we have so many uh, thoughts in the shower. We're doing something simple. We're doing something habitual. And our mind has a chance to wander while we go through the motions and largely on autopilot mode of what we do when we take a shower. Uh, it could be swimming laps in the pool. One of my favorite things to do is knitting. I love to knit. That's kind of <laughs> atypical of the age and gender de- demographic in which I reside. But it's, it's awesome. I love it. And I always have a notepad nearby. Pro tip. De, you know, buy a few Aqua Notes. They're showerproof notepads hmm. that you can get off of Amazon or wherever else, uh, and they stick to the walls of your shower. You know, it could be just having your morning coffee or uh, complexifying your morning coffee ritual so that instead of just you know pouring a cup of coffee after an automatic timer goes off, what would happen if you kind of had a little beautiful ritual? Grind some beans, maybe roast the beans. Maybe you don't want to get into that, but it's easier <laughs> than you might think. 
um, grind them, you know, have a have kind of a fancy coffee ritual that you go through the motions of, uh, you know, your coffee won't only taste better, but it, in going through the motions, you'll have more ideas. Whenever we do something habitual, the, the research shows that when we do something habitual, it kind of waits us to the present moment. And that actually has been shown to lead us to uh, more creative insights. Plus, it makes mind wandering more fun. Uh, we're able to rest at the same time. So we recharge our attention a little bit. And we scatter our attention for longer because we're doing something that is hopefully enjoyable. Uh, just do make sure to capture what does come up on your mind. But it's such a simple way of, because you know, I, I like how tactical the chat has been. You know, tr try meditation <laughs> app with an app like Insight Timer. Uh, try entering and getting more scatter focus in your days uh, so you can you can capture or crunch problems or... Uh, generate ideas depending on what your intention is for that session. It's so, so uh, worth doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love it. So I have um, been very much enjoying the uh, audio book for Hyper Focus. Hey. And uh, kudos on the narration. Um, is it any good? The narration? <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. Um <laughs> We actually, the fun, funny story, um, we recorded that audio book in the same studio, the exact same room that Uptown Funk was recorded in. <laughs> so was the, the, uh, the audio book, unlike the song, didn't win any Grammys, but, uh, <laughs> but it's hopefully that, that vibe comes off a little bit. It yeah. probably doesn't because it's a book about focus. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So, um, yeah, just to kind of bring the conversation back to hyperfocus, which you know we're, we are kind of um, giving some cliff notes for a lot yeah. of this great, great uh, research and writing in the book um, called "The Practical Guide to Managing Your Attention: The Most Powerful Resource You Have to Get Stuff Done, Become More Creative, and Live a Meaningful Life." which are all things uh, we talk about at length on this very show. So um, it's apt and, and timely. But uh, yeah, I love uh, a couple of these. I can't believe uh, you get this great blurb from David Allen, the author of Getting Things Done, said it was an extraordinary, eye-opening, research-based report of what affects our attention and how to take advantage of this information to achieve greater satisfaction in our lives. And uh, yeah, that's your mission. So what's... Um, yeah, what's next for you? I know you've talked about, um, as I kind of jump around to all the things about yeah. this um, new adventure of yours, kind of doing an Audible original. And yeah. of course, you do have um, a great voice. So uh, yeah, so what's that experience like? And can you talk about the project at all or kind of what you're working on for the future? Yeah, for sure. Well, first of, first of all, thank you for the plug. I'm always so hesitant to plug things in interviews <laughs> Probably because it's like it, I, I've listened to some interviews where somebody just kind of like goes on and on and brings every question back to the book. <laughs> <laughs> right. You've probably had some people on. It's like, man, just yeah. stop that. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah. maybe it's a friendly Canadian whatever <laughs> in, in, inside of me. So thank you for the plug. Of course. <clears throat> no, it's the, the audible experience has been it, it's been a real blast. And uh, the, the interesting part uh, of writing uh, an audible original is, you know, that people, you know, won't read it. They yeah. will, they'll listen to it. And so that kind of changes how you write and it changes how you edit as well. Um, maybe it wouldn't with a, 
a fiction book, but with a nonfiction book, it's okay to write. I, I usually write pretty conversationally. And so it's, uh, you know, it's, I think my work may be more so than others may be more conducive to the audio format. Yeah. Um, but I also write with more redundancy, which is more conducive to them because it helps to repeat things with audio, but it, it's been fun. It, it's been a, it's been a real joy, but that's been an interesting, um, kind of part of that. So that book, uh, is uh, about the, the scientific benefits, the, the productivity benefits of having a meditation practice. Okay. And I talk about meditation in the other two books, one of which you mentioned. I won't mention the title of the other one because I, I'm averse to self-promotion, but people can Google it <laughs> if they want. But no. I, I'm just a big fan of nerding out over the science of productivity, um, the science of attention, the science of meditation. And uh, one new way that I'm traveling and it's kind of a path that that diverges a bit from productivity but comes back around to it in the end is this idea of calm that I mentioned because as we become uh, residents of a more anxious world there's uh, it, it's the one ingredient that becomes increasingly important you know how can we strive to make the world a bit better but mm -hmm. also uh, be able to focus. And uh, I think the answer is calm right now. So that's, that's one more. I, I also have a podcast called Becoming Better that I do with my wife. We have the occasional guest on, but uh, every time we have a guest on, people say, where'd your wife go? And so <laughs> most of the episodes are with my wife. Uh, and yeah, this site, as you mentioned, is called The Life of Productivity. So that's, that's kind of what I'm up to. It's a fun experience to do the Audible original. Uh, it's kind of weird that the end product won't exist in a physical format because I'm I'm used to that in terms of the first two books and also for writers considering it I don't believe they do translations of uh, of them so the, hmm. the two books that I have out um, they're out in twenty languages and, and you know most most audio sites are are in English most Audible sites um, though there are localizations for others but I'm just excited to get uh, that out there as well and get it recorded too. So yeah, that's kind of a potpourri of what nice. I'm up to. Yeah, that's cool. Do you have a title for that one yet? No, we're, we're okay. thinking maybe, maybe people will give some feedback on this. We're, we're debating between how to train your mind uh, as a title and noticing hmm. as a title. Um, I like I, I'm a fan of noticing, but it's kind of an awkward kind of title when you add a subtitle to it. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm a big fan of how to train your mind. So that's where we're leaning for it. Nice, nice. Well, uh, I will mention the other book, of course. Um, the title is The Productivity Project and some very nice praise from Seth Godin, who uh, did this uh, interview long ago in a written format. He said, uh, a book that promises in the title to pay for itself. And the truth is it will in just a few days. High praise there uh, for Mr. Godin who I'm a big fan of myself. But um, yeah, you can find all of these resources, books, uh, more information about what's going on with Mr. Bailey over there um, on his website. Are you on any other uh, social media platforms? I'll point at alifeofproductivity.com in the show notes. And I think that's a great starting place, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of the main place. I'm on Instagram more now than usual at Chris Bailey auth, A-U-T-H. But Twitter is where I usually hang out at Chris underscore Bailey. But yeah, I, I try to stay off the socials. So I have more time <laughs> to write and create things that yeah. will hopefully, you know, aren't as ephemeral as a tweet. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, let's, um, 
maybe wrap up with any advice you have to uh, fellow scribes. I know we've we've uh, taken enough of your time here, but yeah, if, do you have any um, just advice, kind of on how to keep going, how to how to keep the uh, how to keep the ink flowing? Uh, yeah. You know, I, I've, first of all, I have all the time in the world for for, for <laughs> you guys, so no no worries there. Um, but another, you know, kind of piece of advice I would, I'm always hesitant to give advice. So do take what works in this interview and leave the rest. You know, you don't have to listen to anything that I say, but usually there is a bit of science behind it. Um, and there's what something else there's a lot of science behind is how things make us uh, feel. And so we're usually not attuned to how we feel when we're when we're on Instagram, when we're on Twitter, when we're checking the news. But that's worth tuning into a bit more now than ever. And so I don't know if you've ever been on Instagram, one of these apps where you accidentally swipe over to the wrong screen and your your front facing camera fires up and you see that that zoned out expression on your face. We rarely <laughs> have a grin from ear to ear on our face when we're using uh, social media. You know, in a way, social media kind of uses us more than we use it. And but by as a consequence of that, it leads us to become overstimulated, seek out further distractions. And as a consequence of that leads us to fewer ideas and less creativity and less focus and productivity. Uh, So if I can offer one kind of parting bit of advice is notice how the different things that you tend to throughout the day make you feel. You know, a conversation with your spouse or hanging out with your kids or uh, digging into a good book with a uh, hot cup of coffee. You know, these are experiences that are less stimulating than refreshing the news or our social media feeds one more time. But they produce us with more lasting satisfaction because they allow us to savor the present moment as opposed to uh, just kind of complete the present moment and refresh and go through our feeds one final time. And so if I can offer one bit of advice, notice how the apps and the things you attend to throughout the day make you feel. It, it's something that's worth tuning into more now than ever. Chris, thanks for your wisdom, for, for taking the time to just, uh, yeah, thanks for your generosity and um, wish you the best of luck with your future endeavors of course uh we'll look for the next one as a uh, uh, audible original and uh yeah is there anything else you want to drop before we drop the mic here no i feel i've plugged enough (laughs) stuff today and you have too (laughs) so no thank you so much for having me hopefully that conversation is helpful thanks so much for joining us for this episode of the writer files and if you enjoy the podcast please subscribe to the show and leave us a rating or a review to help other writers out there find us. You can always leave a comment or a question and visit the entire archives at writerfiles.fm. And you can chat with me on Twitter at Kelton Reed. Cheers. Talk to you next week.